You're listening to Making the Jump by Max Preps, Episode 2. And we welcome you in to Making the Jump by Max Preps. I am Steve Montoya, and our topic is what do you do if you didn't sign your national letter of intent in football? And we're bringing on a guest from LRT Sports. She's the founder, actually, Kirsten Sires. And LRT does a great job of telling stories through the athletes and, and learning about the process of what an athlete might go through, some good things that they've been through, some bad things, and and they do a whole lot more. And Kirsten is going to break down with me what to do if you didn't sign that NLI. All right, Kirsten, thanks so much for joining us on uh, Making the Jump. And first of all, I just want to learn a little bit about about you and LRT Sports and, and how you guys got going and, and basically just what LRT Sports is all about. Yeah, absolutely. So first of all, thank you for having me. Um, LRT Sports is a platform where we educate on the recruiting process and college athletics through firsthand information and experiences. So we really like to uh, dive down and get the raw information from current and former college athletes parents that have gone through the process as well as uh, high school coaches and college coaches. And we do this through interviews. Um, we send out surveys, we gather statistics, and we kind of really like to dive into, like I said, the, the raw transparency of the recruiting process in college sports. So we started in 2014 and okay. it actually started through a uh, college class at Skidmore College. I was a tennis and soccer player at Skidmore College and it was nice. just something where it ended up taking off and here we are you know however many years later and we're we're trying to hone in on this recruiting space and and really make the best of it for the next generation of uh, college student athletes awesome yeah and i was i was just reading a few of the kind of athlete stories around some of the topics we're going to talk about on your guys' site we'll, we'll get to that in a little bit but uh, that's something uh, on your guys' site to for our audience to go look at, because there's a lot of good advice from athletes that have gone through this process. Uh, and speaking of that, I, I think our topic today is going to be around uh, kind of National Signing Day just happened earlier, obviously in February. And for the kids that got signed, they're they're feeling good, but there's a bunch of athletes out there that didn't get an offer, didn't sign a national letter of intent, and we're we're here to discuss that and have a, have a discussion around what those kids can do now. And I think the first thing is don't panic. Is that correct? Yes, <laughs> correct. That is correct. It, it happens every year. There's always kids that are unsigned. There's lots of teams that, you know, kind of got let down based on players they thought they were going to get that now have open spots. And it's just this uh, recruiting carousel that happens year after year. So, you're not the first athlete to go through signing day and not have that NLI signed. So don't freak out. You know, it, there, there's a there's plenty of other opportunities in order to get you to where you need to be. And, you know, my, my number one example, he's recent and relevant and everything. But if you really look at the background of somebody like Baker Mayfield, 
who Mm -hmm. basically did whatever it took to get to where he wanted to. I mean, he made a lot of sacrifices and he worked his uh, tail off for it. But, you know, he's a perfect example of somebody who uh, really kind of went through the system in in a different path for the recruiting process outside of that traditional path of you're a five star recruit. You have all these college coaches reaching out to you because the fact of the matter is that's not the reality for most student athletes. And, right. you know, that goes for football, especially, but also all the other sports out there. So don't panic. Everything's going to be okay. And we'll kind of walk through some of the steps that you can take and provide you with some options that might be the right fit for you. Yeah. And I think that's a great start. And I think it's, just for athletes in, in general to just know that it's okay. <laughs> you know, like others have gone through this. It happens every year, like you said. And and then there's colleges out there that their recruiting class is not done. They still have spots open. And a lot of it comes down to just researching that, right? Yes, ab- absolutely, absolutely. And, and I definitely think um, research is key and not being afraid to reach out to those college coaches and kind of put yourself out there and say, hey coach, uh, I would love to be a part of your program. I know we might not have connected, but uh, I just went through signing day. I unfortunately I'm not in the situation that I want to be in, but I really want to explore looking at your program. Do you have any open spots available? And they'll be honest with you. I mean, right now is a time where everybody needs to be as transparent as possible, whether you're a coach or a student athlete, because um, you know you're not in the the you know, beginning stages of that, like dating kind of courting anymore. It's more just, you know, Hey, we have spots open. We're looking for a kid who can play this position or has this type of leadership skill. And it's not always position based. I mean, a high percentage of student athletes that go from high school into college end up not even playing their position that they played in high school. So sometimes it's not even the matter of a position. It could be something as simple as your stature, your height, your weight, Um, how fast you are, or just the leadership skills in general, because there are a lot of teams out there looking for guys who are going to step up to the plate and be great leaders for the program and, you know, to represent the school as well. Yeah. And and if, if you were advising someone, let's just say I'll I'll act as a parent here and, Mm -hmm. and I'm reaching out to you to advise me a little bit on how to help my son or even daughter um, in that case for any fall sports and, and, Hey, we're stuck in a bad spot right now. My son did not sign. What do you suggest the first thing we do? Is it start to, is it basically research, start to reach out to college, redo your highlight tape, all the above? Where do I begin as a parent? Yeah, I think taking a step back and assessing the situation, I know that might be difficult and you might feel panicked, um, but definitely taking a step back and maybe having a conversation with your child to understand and from both perspectives why the situation is where it is are you not reaching out to enough college coaches is your highlight tape not as good Um, you mentioned that which is a great point is it not as good as it needs to be or can be Um, other things that go into factor maybe you're shooting you know to the top five schools in the country and maybe you're not quite there yet obviously everybody's play level, skill level, and everything else is going to be different. So I can't dive down and say, hey, you're not getting recruited for X, Y, and Z. But maybe it's a factor of you're not giving yourself enough options. Definitely reach out D one through three. I think no matter who you are, because there could be a school out there that might be the right fit. 
in a division that you're not expecting, in a league that you're not expecting. And uh, a lot of the early recruiting is done through the bigger schools and the FBS teams. Reaching out to FCS is, you know, completely okay. Reaching out to Division Two and Three also completely okay. And there's so many different scholarship or financial aid opportunities for mm-hmm. all of those options. Um, you know, a lot of people freak out when they hear Division Three and they say, "Well, I'm not going to get any money." But that's not the case. 82% of student athletes, according to the NCAA, actually receive some sort of financial aid. Um, and it's not through your typical, I'm going to get a full ride, you know, D1, everything paid for. It's going to be merit-based. It's going to be financial aid packages. But they do provide a lot of amazing opportunities for these Division three players to be able to afford the schools at the Division three level. So, you know, review all your options. I think research is, again, the biggest thing here. And what I want to do today is kind of get through all of the different options that might be available to you and, you know, then kind of go through those and break them down a little bit. And then if people have questions or anything after, I'm happy to answer them through our site or through you guys. And, um, you know, I'm sure people can reach out after this video to Max Preps pretty easily. Yeah. And we'll make sure when wherever we post this that we get uh, contact information on there. So let, let's let's dive into what you just talked about then uh, in the research. Where does it begin? What are some options? What do you suggest? Uh, let's let's start there and work from there. Yeah, sure. So I think if you're really dead set on going into college right after high school, your options are to look at Division two or Division three schools. And now I'm going based on the assumption that you're a football player and you are you're hard to set on division one and you haven't signed on division one yet and if that's the case you don't have to give up on that division one path uh you just might be going a different way to get there in the end run and Mm -hmm. you can 100 percent sign with division two schools you can look at division three schools um i think that another important thing to note is that there are also naia colleges out there um they're four-year colleges you're going to get a bachelor's degree. Um, I believe there's about a hundred and uh, I think it was 90. Hold on one second. Let me just double check this number because I don't want to give a wrong number to somebody. Um, so for NAIA, there's uh, 95 teams that you can play on. Mm-hmm. There's 95 opportunities out there for student athletes. And they also give scholarships as well. So I think if you're dead set on going from high school directly into college, those are some opportunities available to you. Another thing, especially if you're dead set on this Division One route, is you can be a walk-on. And that's a different process. Uh, you are not going to get a scholarship that way. But you can try and be a walk-on or a preferred walk-on. And a preferred walk-on situation is where you, you're actually promised a spot on the team but they just don't have any scholarship money left to offer you, which is okay. I mean, there's so many walk-ons now that we're seeing, especially in the viral yeah. videos where yep. they're the hype 100%. videos. And, they're, and there's those are the kids that are ending up getting the scholarships because they're working harder for it. And they, uh, you know, 100% know that they need to go all out and practice and off season and everything else. And they end up earning that spot for a scholarship. Again, not your traditional path, but that's okay. I still think that, if your heart is set on playing Division One, you have to focus on being on that team, uh, supporting that team, and basically doing whatever it takes in order to be a part of 
a specific college team or just play a college sport in general? Yes. And so preferred walk-on and just regular walk-on preferred walk-on is, is the coach has made contact with you, has said they're interested in you. And like you said, just the college does not have money at this moment. A, a walk-on is basically somebody's going to just walk on and try out for the team. Is that the, yeah, so, the big difference between the two? Yeah. So for a regular traditional walk-on, what you're going to do is you're going to reach out to the college coach. In both situations, you're going to reach out to the coach. The coach could reach out to you as well, but most likely you're going to reach out to the college coach and either put it out there and say, hey, coach, I'm willing to uh, try out to be a walk-on or here's my highlight tape. Maybe I could be a preferred walk-on. Um, you're almost kind of a recruit if you're a preferred walk-on because he, that means that he's probably seen you play. But again, the money's not there. Usually for a walk-on, it's you reaching out and saying, hey, coach, I want to walk onto your team. Maybe I can try out. Um, and, and it might be a little bit later in the process. Uh, so preferred walk-on, you know, ahead of time, walk-on, you might not know ahead of time. Got it. Makes sense. And then there's also the route of, of JUCO and you see it, you see on a lot of kids go to JUCO for a year or two and that's the route they take. And then, and then they're heading into their junior year or, and they're a starter at the division one level. So JUCO can kind of get that bad rap, but it's actually not a bad route. And it's also saves you some money potentially too. Yeah, absolutely. I think junior college is a really, really great um, opportunity for people to, if you're not signed already, but also if you don't think that you're ready to go directly into college and the NCAA realm, um, it's a two junior colleges are two year colleges. So you're going to get your associate's degree. And the good thing about going from junior college to NCAA is they make it pretty easy to transfer. You don't have to sit out for a year. Um, and you only have to be at a junior college for about a semester or a quarter, depending on how their, their school works, um, during that fall season in order to then be eligible to play at the NCAA level. So I think maybe if your grades are not up, par and you're not able to actually be eligible by the NCAA standards or by the school standards to get into that college and you need mm -hmm. some extra time or you know you want to get bigger faster stronger or whatever it may be junior college is a really really good option 100% can save you money as well um, and they actually just came out with this really great article I believe it was Time Magazine but not 100% sure uh, where they said they're finding that junior college transfers are actually doing better once they get to a four-year college, then kids directly out of high school. So it's interesting. You might be getting a little bit more um, attention and a little bit more preparation for the switch to a four-year college than just going directly from high school to college. Yeah, and, and just on the academic side and your career side outside of f football, a lot of kids don't don't really know what they want to do right out of high school. So junior college is another way to just figure out who you want to be instead of trying to figure that out by going straight into a potentially a division one college, for example. Yes, absolutely. And they offer scholarships as well. That might be partial or full, but they still have scholarships. And I mean, you have to be aware that if you're looking to go to a junior college, they have their own eligibility requirements. Uh, so you need to make sure that you can pass those eligibility requirements. I believe it is you can have a GED or 
if you complete high school, you have to have a 1.75, I believe it is, in order to be eligible. But there are certain things that you can easily look up online to make sure that you you can't just, you know, have a 1.2 and think that you're going to be okay to go into a junior college. You need to make sure that you're staying eligible for that. And also you want to make sure you're remaining eligible for NCAA for the future anyway. Yeah, 100%. All right, so let's let's uh, let's just talk about the, the kind of the reality of you, you don't sign and, and we've hit on this a little bit but it it's almost as if it's time for for parents and, and the student athletes to really kind of take a step back and, and understand that potentially Alabama <laughs> is not going to be a college you're going to play for right out of high school or or at all um, but I think parents and, and kids because they see everything that, that's on tv they want to get there but there there are so many schools out there and there's so many chances to to play and earn money along the way and, and get your school paid for that it, it may be hard to understand but it the reality is playing football in college and getting your school paid for should be the number one goal, right? Mm-hmm. And there, and it all goes back to the research of finding the right school for you. At the end of the day, is it, it? It sounds like that's what I'm getting the most out of this conversation is do some research and, and really decide what kind of school fits best for you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one thing I always like to say to student athletes and parents is you got to do the broken leg test when you're looking at these schools. Would you be happy at that at this school if you broke your leg and you know, yeah. or you had a career ending injury or even a season ending injury? Because you don't want to be in a situation where you're going to a college for the wrong reasons, whether it's, you know, name brand or um, people are pressuring you to do that or, you know, whatever it may be, you want to make sure you're doing it for the right reasons. And I think you can get a good feel of the school, luckily now online. Um, you can, if, if you don't have the means to go on visits and, or if you just don't want to travel or you've already used your five official visits or whatever it may be, you can kind of go online and get camp, a good idea of campus tours. Um, you can uh, YouTube interviews with students. Uh, you could see what professors are up to and, and everything on the non-athletic realm, you can kind of really get a good vibe for the school. Um, and also you mentioned that there's so many programs out there just to, for frame of reference, there are actually 255 division one football programs. There's 170 division two football programs and there's 250 division three football programs. So that's a lot of programs to kind of pick and choose from. Um, division three is a sneaky big division. Um, you know, not just in the amount of football programs that they have, just the overall amount of schools that there are. And, you know, researching into, you know, the school in general and going on those visits and understanding and and doing more of that research, as you mentioned, online about each school is super, super important. But you have to remember that there's definitely a school out there for you somewhere. And I think a really big thing is, I mentioned in the beginning, taking a step back. And if you are not getting answers from college coaches, you need to make sure that your grades are in check, your SAT scores are in check, make sure your social media is 100% correct. 
correct and you <laughs> know there's there. nothing yep. offensive yeah ex- exactly because there's so many kids that lose scholarships or don't get looked at because of their social media without even realizing it um but you kind of have to go through this list and you also have to make sure that you're good enough i mean at the end of the day only seven percent of high school athletes go on to play in college it's a very small percentage of high school athletes that being said you 100% need to make sure you're good enough to play at the schools that you're looking at. I think a perfect, perfect, perfect way to do this is go through the roster and compare yourself to the players that are currently on the team. See what they put up in high school. Uh, Live stream games. I mean, it doesn't have to be a college game on ESPN or a college game day game. It could be a Division three game that they live stream or Division two game or even a FCS team that is live streaming their game and see if you can you know watch them play try and figure out if you can actually guard them try and figure out if you can outrun them to catch the ball and and really do an honest assessment of yourself Um, and I also think this is a really 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 great place for high school coaches to help out Um, if you have a good relationship with your high school coach and you haven't signed yet I think this is a good time to tap into your network of either um, your high school coaches, any coaches that you have outside on the side that may, may be helping you with speed or uh, strength training, and also any other former players that can kind of vouch for you. Because when you have a high school coach um, putting their name, backing basically backing you with their name, it goes a long way for college coaches. And they like to hear that, whether it's, hey, he's a great leader on the team, he's going to pump your kids up in the locker room, Oh, and also this is his 40. Um, Here's what he could throw up for bench. And I think he's a great overall player. Maybe he's, you know, not the top recruit right now, but he'll develop really well over the next four years. You should highly consider him and start to tap into that network to help you go through the recruiting process. You always want to make sure that you're a positive player, that you're a team player. You want to make sure that you're on good terms with your high school coach and that you're just coachable overall. And you're really listening to these people who have years and years of experience doing this and helping student athletes play at the next level. Yeah, I think you bring up some some great points. Yeah, first of all, you're a student athlete, not an athlete, mm-hmm. student. And then on the high school coaching front, their reputation is on the line too when they uh, recommend a kid to a college and they don't want to ruin their reputation with a college by recommending a kid who's just you know, a negative kid or comes into the program and just is a pain because then that college is likely not reaching out to that college or that high school coach again, or is, is going to be less hesitant to, to stay in touch or listen to what they have to say. So building a good relationship with your high school coach and being a good kid and being a good leader is so important because then the high school coach is going to, you know, go an extra step to make sure you land somewhere. And I think that just brings up how important building your relationship with your high school coach is. Absolutely. And another thing that getting on the high school track, um, if you are not signed yet, another opportunity is to look at a prep school to do a post-grad year, also known as a PG year. Uh, It is definitely, I've noticed, very prevalent in the Northeast to do that. Mm -hmm. And um in some parts of the midwest where there are a lot of prep schools but it's it's definitely more of a northeast uh thing 
But I would say even for people that are in the middle of the country, they're they're happy. They will happily have kids who are from different parts of the country. Now, most of the time it's a boarding school. So you're sending your kid away for a year. Um, but they have plenty of opportunities for scholarships for athletes and for um, financial aid packages and everything as well, because usually the prep schools are a little bit pricier, but they do a lot to make sure that they get either athletes or really great students into their programs to help them kind of build up for another year. Uh, prime example of this, which I'm not sure if everybody is aware or not, but Eddie George uh, actually did a post-grad year. Um, I had the opportunity to speak with him and he kind of laid out his process where he was in high school and not putting up the numbers that he was capable of. He wasn't ready mentally, physically and everything else. And he had no offers by the end of his senior year. And then him and his family decided to, he was at Fork Union uh, Military School and he decided to stay an extra year and do a post-grad year. And he, he did amazingly well. He put up amazing numbers and that's when he started getting looks from you know, Notre Dame and Ohio State and a couple of other schools, and he finally started to get offers. Had he not taking, taken that extra year to do that, he probably would have been able to solidify a Division two or Division three spot on a team, but he said that he was passionate about being a Division one athlete, as was Baker Mayfield, again, going back to him in the beginning. And, you know, there's just everybody's recruiting path is going to be different. There's no two recruiting paths that are exactly the same. Uh, there's injuries that pop up. There's coaches leaving that pop up. There's just so many uh, variables that are uncertain. So don't feel like you're going down this path of, you know, oh, no, I'm not going to find a school for me or there's no program out there. There is. Uh, you definitely have to put in the work. You definitely have to sacrifice and you have to do your research. But Again, don't panic just because you're at this stage and you might not be signed yet. Yeah, and, and I, Eddie George uh, turned out all right, his career path, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, and, and, that's true. And I think that leads nicely into LRT Sports, and it, and you guys tell stories of athletes who have, who have been through it, good and bad. And for those athletes out there it's always good to to read and and listen to uh, experiences of others who have done it and learn from them and I to me that's one big thing you guys do is is you you talk to former athletes who have been through it you guys have been through it and uh, that's that would be my advice to anybody listening is is go check some of those out on your guys' site because that like I said, I was reading some of them, some of them, and it and it's it's good stuff and it, and it's good knowledge. Yeah, and it definitely hits home because of the points I was just making. Like, you'll read a story, and either the reaction will be like, "Wow, I can't believe they went through that and where they are now," or "Oh my goodness, I have a friend or my child's going through something very similar." Uh, there's just again so many factors, but some stories will. will overlap but it might not be in the same sport or with anybody in your state or uh you know there's just so many athletes across the country in so many different situations so it's kind of cool to talk to those student athletes and hear those you know real stories of what happened to them and how they handled it and what they did to kind of get to that next step and you know there's nothing wrong with either going to a program for a year and trying out a school where you have an offer, you might fall in love with it, or you might say at the end of the day, hey, I gave it a shot, I still wanna look to transfer. 
my my biggest piece of advice is no matter what path you choose, make sure that you're getting the grades that you need to get and make sure that you're working harder than anybody else on the field because ultimately at the end of the day, that's going to put you in situations to open up doors in many different ways, whether it's because you're a great kid and a great leader and you have amazing grades or if it's because you, you know, have improved so much throughout a year or two and now you're putting up these amazing numbers and you're start, finally starting to get noticed. I mean, there's so many kids every year that we even hear about in recruiting that are the two-star athlete or three-star athlete and then they step onto the Georgia field and they're, you know, shining more so than anybody else. And, you know, everybody's going to grow and peak at different points in their career. So just have faith in yourself and kind of forge forward with that. Yep. And just look at the the Super Bowl champs. A lot of a lot of players on that team, just alone, that have good stories about their past and how they got to the NFL. So, Kirsten, we really appreciate your time. We're going to be doing a lot more with with you and and LRT Sports moving forward on making the jump, and not just around football. We're going to be hitting on all different types of sports. So. We look forward to, to doing more with you and LRT Sports, and we really appreciate your time. Yeah, absolutely. Same here, and thank you so much for having me. And again, we thank Kirsten for joining us. Uh, LRT Sports, again, go check out some of the stories from some of the former athletes that they tell on their site. I thought that went really good, and I think the number one thing that I got out of that was don't panic, first of all, and do your research, and don't be afraid to look and explore all types of options if you want to play at the next level. So we thank Kirsten Sires. I'm Steve Montoya. You've been joining us here on Making the Jump by Max Preps.